Hey, it's Rochelle, and you're listening to Clumsy Theosis, a production of Catholic Answers. Welcome to the place to transform the world by transforming yourself. So, Lent is upon us, everyone. It is less than one week away. The big question, do you have your Lenten game plan yet? Leo the Great, a 5th century pope, says that the right use of Lent will lead to a happy participation in Easter. So, no pressure, right? No pressure making sure that, you know, you have everything squared away for Lent, right? Man, I'm only two-thirds of the way there. I, oh my gosh. In preparation for Easter, we focus on prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, right? And I love how this season recalibrates our interior lives, right? And recenters our focus on what truly matters. Now, the life of the Christian should fulfill the two great commandments that Jesus gave us, right? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And prayer, fasting, and almsgiving do just that. And I found that in previous years, now maybe you can relate with this, that I've been so caught up with the fasting aspect, you know, or the sacrifice, that prayer and almsgiving just kind of took a back seat for me during Lent, or it was just kind of in the back of my mind. It wasn't my priority, you know? And really, I noticed this once I became Byzantine, because in the Byzantine tradition, we don't have this issue because as Byzantine Catholics, the fasting guidelines are already set, right? There's no meat, dairy, alcohol, and some people even go so far as to exclude oil and some things like that. They're a little bit more strict, but I don't know how to do that yet. That's just a little bit too difficult for me. So yes, I will have oil this year. But I noticed once all the guidelines were set, You know, I didn't have to think about it, and then I realized, oh, I have time to focus on prayer and almsgiving. But really, why is that? Like, why do we get so caught up in the fasting element of this season? Is it because we're depriving ourselves of things that we want, Um, or is it just because it's contrary to all of our impulses? Like, why do we get so caught up in the sacrificing and the fasting part? I mean, I don't know. Is it just an American thing? And I know that probably sounds weird, but my grandma's from Belfast, Northern Ireland, and my whole life she has pointed out the difference between Americans and the rest of the world and how we approach things and the way we view things. So I, I know we have a fair amount of listeners in Australia and Canada, so Let me know, is this issue of spotlighting fasting during Lent something that is common in your area of the world or not? Like message me on Instagram or Twitter if you have to use Twitter um, at Clumsy Theosis, but Instagram is the way to go at Clumsy Theosis. Anyways, I bring all of this up because I wanted to try to find a solution that could help us as church, right, to not neglect any of these three aspects this time of the year, right? Because if they're all there, then they're all important, right? So because we want to make the right use of Lent and have a happy participation in Easter, as uh, Pope Leo the Great says. So here's my thought. Let's look at Lent liturgically, you know, focusing on the liturgy, the mass, and let's do it from like a bird's eye view, right? So we want to get the big picture of what's going on. And to do that, I want to look at 
the Sunday Mass readings for Lent. Now, these are going to be from the Roman Missal. And as much as I love the Byzantine liturgy, I must admit that I think that the three-year Roman cycle of readings is superior than what we have in the Byzantine church. Just saying. Sorry, any Byzantines out there. Um, So anyways, during Lent, the readings are like this, right? So the Old Testament readings are about the history of salvation, right? So we get different figures like Abraham and Moses and how they are all instruments that God used to renew his covenant of salvation with us, you know, after we repeatedly broke it. And the purpose of this is to remind us at this point in the year to recall the promise that the Lord made of the new covenant, right? About God's renewed attempt to keep his word with his people, the promise he first gave to Abraham when he called him, and the promise that was fulfilled with Jesus's passion, death, and resurrection. And the apostolic readings, uh, you know, that we have during mass, they correspond with the Old Testament readings, like always, or most of the time, right? Now, when you notice that there are similarities between the Old Testament readings and the epistles during mass, that's on purpose, right? Because you'll notice this when a figure or an event of the Old Testament foreshadows one that's in the New Testament, right? So things in the New Testament are hidden in the Old Testament, and the Old Testament is then revealed in the New Testament and takes on a fuller meaning because we're now reading it in the light of Christ, right? Because we know of Christ. We know of the salvation that comes through him, right? So when it comes to the Gospels during Lent, the temptation of the Lord is usually the first Sunday. And we can all relate to that reading on the first Sunday because we're all just starting in on our practices and we're being tempted to maybe be lax or to, you know, change things. Or and the devil's really going to try to poke at you this season, And you are going to experience, you know, the temptation that the Lord experienced in the desert. And then the second Sunday is always the transfiguration of the Lord. And I always try to see this as an incentive, right? Like Jesus was in his glorified state at the transfiguration, which we're all intended to be in one day, right? If we suffer with Christ, we will be glorified with him, as Paul tells us in Romans 8, right? So this year... In the Roman Missal, we're in cycle C. So the following Sundays are going to be different. You know, the third and fourth Sunday are typically different depending on what cycle of the year you're in. So for cycle C, the next two Sundays will be about conversion. You're going to get conversion accounts from the Gospel of Luke on the third and fourth Sunday of Lent. So beginning with the call to repentance and the parable of the... um, fig tree that was cursed, right? And then on the fourth Sunday, you're going to get two different parables of the lost sheep and the prodigal son, right? So these are all going to be incentives for us to follow our call to conversion, right? And that's something we're all called to as Catholics, this life of constant conversion. Then the fifth Sunday, we get the woman caught in adultery, right? And she was told that she was forgiven of her sins. But then what was she, what else was she told? She was told, okay, go and sin no more, right? So this is repentance. Then on Palm Sunday, we get, you know, the Lord's triumphant entrance into Jerusalem. And then here we're also going to hear the passion narratives right at Mass. So, 
this year in Cycle C, when we follow the readings, we should be concerned with what? With conversion, right? Conversion, like I said, it's something that we're all called to, right? It's not only for people who are changing from one religion to the other. No, conversion is a process of changing from one thing to another, right? So in our case, that's changing from being sinners to saints or from our selfish ways and desires to being generous to others and so on. Does this sound a little familiar to anything else that we talk about on clumsy theosis? You know, like theosis, maybe, you know, this idea of constantly being transformed by the Lord, right? To be like saints, right? That's what we should be really focused on during this Lent. So when it comes to prayer, daily prayer during Lent this year should be centered around conversion, right? If we're going to be following the liturgical readings in the Roman Missal, right? So that means like we're turning over the rocks, you know, turning over the rocks in the garden of our heart. And we want to see what creepy, gross things might be under there, you know, and together with Christ embark on changing your ugliness into the beauty of Christ and his perfection, right? That's the aim, you know? When it comes to almsgiving, giving to the poor, like the physically poor, but also the spiritually poor, and anyone in need, really, like when done right with the proper disposition, like your interior disposition when you're like properly aligned with Christ, and you're giving to people, not because it's your obligation or not just because it makes you feel good. Yes, it does make you feel good, um, but because you're doing it because you love Christ and you know Christ loves these people, like this can bring others to conversion also, right? And how? Because when done right, you'll be letting Christ work in and through you and you'll be able to see the people you're helping through the eyes of Christ and they'll know that, right? Even if it's way deep down, they'll know that there's something a little bit different in the way that you are interacting with them. And you All you have to do is plant the seeds of God's love in their life. You know, you don't have to know how it will grow, when it will grow. That's not your job. That's God's job. So if the people that you're helping, if they answer the call of grace that the Lord is giving them through you, they will want to be closer to Christ who loved them through you. I mean, this is amazing stuff, really, like mind-blowing. All right, so that's all I have to say on Lent. You know, your Lenten practices, those are something you got to work out with the Lord through prayer as well as maybe through a spiritual director if you have one. But I hope I help maybe take some of the pressure off and help you to focus on conversion. Whatever you do when it comes to your fasting, your praying, and your almsgiving, have it be focused on conversion. Oh, and one thing I totally forgot to say um, When it comes to your sacrificing, you know, and your fasting, you can offer that up for your conversion and the conversion of the whole world. Super simple. I think that makes it more worthwhile. I think it helps to keep you from falling off the fasting bandwagon, you know, because you have a purpose. And especially if that purpose is something beyond yourself, you know, like a particular person, you know, or a particular group of people, you know, when it's focused outside of yourself, I think we do better, but that could just me be me. That could just be me. Man, I'm getting super tongue-tied today. All right, so if you want more about fasting, I have a great episode that I really like. I've recommended it before. Um, it's called Fasting, 
fasts not only for Lent, something like that, but of course, since it's Lent and we're fasting, it's totally going to apply to your life. It's going to help you. It's motivational. And if you want more on prayer, I have a few episodes on prayer. And off the top of my head, I have one called Prayer, Are You Doing It Right? I have one on praying with the scriptures. I think it's Guaranteed Bible Takeaways. Re-listen to those. They'll help you. They'll motivate you, give you some tips, maybe take some of the pressure off. And lastly, last week's episode, Genesis of the Gospel of John. Did you like it, right? I hope you liked it because we're going to have more of John's gospel throughout Lent. So stay tuned, everyone. All right. If you haven't subscribed to Clumsy Theosis yet, do it now, right now. While I'm saying the word now, whatever podcast app you use, go find the subscribe button, hit it now. Also, follow me on Instagram at Clumsy Theosis. Reach out to me. I love to hear from you. Private message me. Whatevs. All right, everybody. Have a blessed Lent. You are in my prayers. Peace out. Thank you for tuning in this week to Clumsy Theosis. Each week, we explore a topic within the Catholic faith to aid listeners like yourself, as well as yours truly, in the advancement and deepening of the spiritual life and the personal ownership of our relationship with the big guy upstairs and his church. As cliche as it sounds, the world needs you. Become who you were created to be with Clumsy Theosis, the place to transform the world by transforming yourself.